I'm back after a long break. I am not dead. I just needed a break because I was busy the entire summer. But I'm here again, so let's have a good time together. Don't forget a cup of coffee because I need you to stay focused with me. Today's topic is different. I'm going to analyze something outside literature, cinema to be specific. We're going to cover the masterpiece of 1997, Perfect Blue. Disclaimer. This episode includes spoilers. If you didn't watch the movie, you should skip this episode. If you did, clear your mind and let's start analyzing this movie together. Perfect Blue is a novel published in 1991, written by Yoshikazu Takenshi. It was supposedly meant to be a live action, but it didn't work so they turned it into an animated movie directed by Satoshi Kon in 1997. The story is about a girl named Mima Kirigoi, who decides to stop her pop career alongside her J-pop band Cham only to become a full-time actress. Mima announced this news to her audience at her last live performance. Of course, it was a shock for her fans. At the same evening, she received an anonymous fax, calling her a traitor. The following day, she informs her manager, Rumi, about the weird fax she received, and she also tells her about a fandom club called Mima's Room, and since she doesn't own a computer, she can check the content. Later on, a man named Todokoro, an agent in the film industry, gets injured due to a bombed letter that was meant for Mima. The protagonist requests to report the bomb accident, but her manager doesn't give a damn about it. Mima faced a lot of difficulties finding roles, or at least gaining the confidence of the people in the film industry. However, after a lot of obstacles, she finally gets a role in a movie. Yet, this role is really filthy, because she's supposed to, to do the role of a rape victim stripper. Well, Mima agrees on this role because she badly wants to be a successful actress. However, her manager Rumi does not agree on this. Starting from this point, the protagonist starts experiencing hallucinations, an apparition of her in the champ outfit, and disconnecting from reality. After the rape scene, Mima returns home only to discover that her fish are dead. Mima feels devastated and lost due to the stress she feels over the rape scene. The same apparition keeps appearing insulting her. The writer of the show was discovered dead in the elevator. The story at this point revealed a lot of conflict, an inner conflict between Mima and herself, some unknown danger targeting her, her reputation, and even the people surrounding her. Mima's misery didn't end up only here. She models for nude pictures with a photographer. The hallucination appeared once again to remind her that she was better off as a pop star. The photographer gets, also, mysteriously killed by a delivery guy that the fans suspected to be Mima. Mima, on the other hand, does not recall anything and finds bloody clothes in her closet. The media suspects Mima to be part of this horrible crime. 
All of these events played a big role in the identity crisis and the mental damage the protagonist suffers from. Mima later ended up sexually assaulted and attacked by her stalker Mimania, who claims that he knows the real Mima because the stalker is obsessed is an obsessed fan of Mima the idol. He hates the fact that she changed her career because she became corrupted. He knows the real Mima and he's convinced that she's a copycat. Mima hits him with a hammer to save her life only for him to pass out. Rumi finds Mima and takes her home. Once Mima wakes up, she finds herself in a different room that looks exactly like her room. Now the big plot twist, Rumi shows up wearing champ costume and pretending to be the real Mima. We can refer to her as idol Mima. Rumi is mad that Mima for ruining her reputation. She's the creator of Mima's room and responsible for the death of the double bind cast. She attacks Mima, stabbing her in the shoulder with an ice pick. Well, Mima manages to escape, where the psychotic Rumi keeps chasing her into the city and boom boom, fighting. Rumi, the delusional bitch, visualizes the truck as a light stage. Rumi gets saved by Mima at the very last minute. The resolution of this movie is the big what the fuck. We see Mima visiting Rumi in the mental hospital. Rumi still believes that she's the real idol, while on the other hand, Mima learns a lot from this experience, as she thinks Mima. She somehow overhears some nurses questioning her existence because they assume that she's another copycat. Finally, Mima heads to her car and look at the rearview mirror, quoting, No, I am real, as the movie ends. I talked a lot, and I know the story is not that clear. This is a masterpiece that challenges the mind and symbolizes the metamorphosis of Mima from her pop career into her acting career, where she slowly starts losing her mind due to the mental and physical damage, anxiety over the weird stalker and Mima's room, and of course her inner psyche. In order to understand the story, we have to answer the question, who is the real Mima? To understand and to answer this question is a little bit challenging. Decoding the questions and understanding the three major characters, Mima, Mimania, and Idol Mima. The three are the most significant forces in the story and perhaps the reason why the movie feels a little bit confusing. Starting off with Mima, Mima is the persona that exists in real life. It's the real Mima, aka Mima Kirigoi, the protagonist. It's the personality that we see, the one that feels stressed and starts losing connection with reality due to trauma and emotional damage. The whole crisis of Mima started when she decided to stop her pop career or singing career, despite the fact that she's a good singer and that she really loves singing, and doing so left a huge impact on her personality. It is the old self that she somehow recalls and manifests in reality as coping mechanism. It's her bound between dreams and reality. Another issue in Mima's personality is the influence of Double Vine. 
She basically finds it difficult to distinguish between her real personality and the character she's acting. And because the character of Double Bind is mentally unstable, the protagonist starts slowly to feel as if she's diagnosed with the same mental illness, making her more and more confused of who she is as a person, who she was, and more importantly, what is real and what is not. Mimania is the obsessed fan, the antagonist. He's creepy, and he's just, just a stalker. And if you are wondering what a antagonist means, antagonist is a character in a literary work or in a movie or a show who starts to be the good guy and then develops to be the villain. He's a bad guy, but not as bad as the antagonist. He's like Loki, the antagonist, the stalker of Mima. He has a specific version of Mima inside his head that he fantasizes, Cham Mima, aka he just loves the idol Mima that used to sing alongside Cham. He's mad at Mima for changing her career because it is ruining his fantasies. He's manipulated by Rumi, who programmed him to understand the fact that Mima Kirigoi is not the real Mima but rather idol Mima, who he receives the messages from, is the real one. So he ends up attacking Mima Kirigoi to save real Mima, which is, in fact, Rumi. Finally, we have idol Mima, which can be divided into two. It's performed both by Rumi, the antagonist. And I'm telling you, I didn't suspect Rumi to be the antagonist because she showed deep affection to Mima because she disagreed with her doing like the rape scene. She cared about her reputation and she, she's, she looks like um, the good friend, you know? And when I watched the movie, I suspected the stalker or Mimania to be the bad guy because he was he was weird, I mean like, he gets zero bitches, he lives in a fucking room with pictures all over the walls, and he just keeps taking pictures of Mima, so I thought like, hey, he's perhaps the one posting the diary entries in the site, he's the one attacking her, killing the people around her because he's so obsessed with her that he doesn't want anyone to get close to her. Now back to... Idol Mima. Idol Mima, as I said, there are two categories of it. We have the online persona and the altar of Mima. Starting off with the online persona, it refers to Mima's room, the site in which Rumi started to post diary entries pretending to be Mima. Meanwhile, the altar refers to the personality Rumi believes in it, aka the real Mima, and kill to protect it. To further explain, Rumi took advantage of the fact that Mima abandoned her old self, so it became easier for her to steal the persona and consequently believe it to overcome her insecurity of being a failed pop idol. Rumi basically shows symptoms of dissociative identity disorder, which is the patient that alternates between one or more different personalities. The themes of this movie are extremely powerful. We see the battle between reality and fantasy. A lot of scenes we were delivered as if 
they are real events, done perfectly only for us to realize few minutes later that it's just a dream. Double bind, for instance, contribute in the creation of vagueness. Not only it, it impacts Mima's personality, but also twists the events more. Another theme is one's identity. The suspense starts developing quickly, carrying a lot of issues and problems targeted on the protagonist and slowly, who slowly like started to lose grip and falling into an identity crisis, which can be noticed through apparitions, dreams and even the character's paranoia. At the very end of the movie, the protagonist finally understands herself simply because everything got exposed. More like the burden had been taken away, setting her free from what was killing her. Doubt. The movie also portrays the cost of fame. We've seen Mima getting used, violated and tricked for the sake of success. Changing her career consumed her, left her vacant and easy to get manipulated. It revealed the dark side of being famous, that things are not as good as they seem, and that life can get fucked up too. This movie is fascinating. We've seen if not lived through Mima's experience with her doubt and anxiety. The writer of this work never fails serving us well-crafted plots, round complex characters, and of course, interesting themes. There are people who theorized that the color combination of this work, aka the color theory, played a big role as foreshadowing. So there is like a video on YouTube I've watched who claims that the color red in the work signifies Rumi. So it worked as a foreshadowing. A lot of scenes in the work there is like this solid red, this bright red in the background, in the walls, in the clothes that signifies um, Rumi. And at the end of the movie, we see that the car of Mima is red and Mima is sitting inside of it. So basically, it's a metaphor that idol Mima still lives within Rumi because she's still mentally unstable in the mental health facility and on the other hand Mima represents the blue so the perfect blue phrase is about Mima's metamorphosis from the pop career to the acting career if I have like to give you a review of this work I love this work it's one of my favorite works alongside Serial Experiments Lane and Welcome to the NHK, which is which is ranked to be like among the best psychological animes. The work is so good. It's the plot is perfectly done. There is no gaps. The narration and everything is done smoothly that makes us more confused. I love the fact that they use dreams, they use the show, and they used like random sceneries to make things more confusing. You see like this uh, siren and you think, oh danger, and no, this is just a kid playing. Or like you see a dream that's repeating and repeating and, and you don't actually know what is happening. You're just questioning the sanity of Mima. 
And one of the things that really got me into this is how, like, the writer made the illusion that the soaker is the bad guy. We see the soaker everywhere. We see him, like, hunting her, taking photographs of her, following her, and hunting her everywhere to settle up and program us to understand that he's the villain. And at the very end of the movie, he's dead. Killed by who? Then you just realize that it's Rumi. Ever since the beginning, Rumi was the bad guy. And you were just like fooled by the fact that she was the, the good friend. She was the caring friend. And in fact, she didn't care about Rumi as much as she cared about the reputation of idol Mima. The idol, or like the persona she, she developed because she was like a really failed pop star and another important thing i want to mention is mima mima is a good character she's too realistic you know she's too realistic you can rarely find realistic characters you can share sympathy with her you can like feel her and you can just blame her at the same time because she acts like a real character she has emotions she develops through time and she just have a certain um, change at the end of the movie where she goes to the mental facility and she visits Rumi despite the fact that Rumi literally like killed people and did stupid shit. The verse at the very end of the movie, No, I am real, it's the thing that got people really confused. They, they just didn't understand. So I see like random TikToks where people just post that scene and say, oh, it's just confusing. No, that part is important because Mima like regained her sanity, regained her confidence in herself and she now knows her worth and knows who she is and will never fall for the same manipulative ways or the same pit of despair. You have been listening to Simply Talk, your larger cinema and music podcast. I'm your host, Khawla, and I hope you enjoyed your time with me. Don't forget to check our socials and give us a feedback. See you next time and have a wonderful day.